Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. On Yahoo Sports Radio. I want winners. When we talk students of the game, there are few with the encyclopedic knowledge of players past, present, and future that Corey Chavis has. An 11-year cornerback and safety, he went to the Pro Bowl in 2003 when he intercepted eight passes with the Cardinals and finished his career in 2008 with 20 career interceptions. But Corey did not walk away from football then. He started his own NFL draft site, DraftNasty.com. That's DraftNasty.com. And does color commentary now in college games. So he knows the 2015 NFL draft as well as anyone. And now, well, now he's with us. Corey Chavis, welcome to the show. Oh, man, thanks a bunch for having me. I'm I'm really excited. Corey, we're excited as well. I, I remember visiting with you at your own combine back in 1998 and how you dazzled us with your knowledge of the great players of the past. You actually watched tape of players from the 60s, 70s, and 80s before you even entered the NFL yourself in the 1990s. So who was the best wide receiver you ever studied and the best cornerback you ever studied? You know what? I, I mean, I guess for me, the guy that just, just always takes my breath away, literally, is Lance Allworth. I just felt like, you know, you ne- there never has been since the combination of agility, body control in the air, and just the beautiful stride. I mean, I think for, for me... If there's one receiver that just stands out in just terms of grace, I mean, Lynn Swan, you know, was another player that had that similar type of grace and build, but Lance Allworth was just on a different level. Maybe that's just me having a favorite when I was growing up and watching the old games, but, uh, you know, I just love what he did. How about cornerback? Uh, yeah. I would say probably cornerback for me would be, I would probably have to go, that, that's a tough one, but I would still... Still got to go with Dick Nitrain Lane. I mean, when you think about everything that he, he was able to do, a lot of people refer to the 14 interceptions he had that, that's still a record, but just the tackling and being that, having that kind of length, the number, wearing a receiver's number, uh, and the attitude he played the game with, uh, just the raw skill being that much greater than anybody that was playing during his era. Uh, the stride again, another player that, that had an unbelievable Gate, just think he, he's the for me still the landmark player when you talk about cornerback to this day. Okay, more more in uh, today's time, you know, not many sixteen year olds get to play with John Elway. Tell us about your days as a ball boy with the Broncos in nineteen ninety two. It was incredible. I mean, when I got there, uh, I mean, I was I was overwhelmed because I, I had went to the Super Bowl in nineteen eighty nine. Uh, my uncle was coaching then, and I, um, that was his, well, I think one of his first years after having retired. Not too many years after that, when they got blown out fifty five to ten and and I'd seen him play, I went to go see him play, but to finally be around it every day, I was just like it was just an incredible experience. I would run sometimes when uh, the defense like during the walkthroughs and need somebody to kind of be like a a rabbit, I would be the running back, so uh, I got to lift weights with the players uh you know, I just think that. I got to sit down and, and talk with all the guys that I looked up to, like Tyrone Braxton, and, and have conversations. It was unbelievable, man. I I was actually the ball boy for the offensive line with Pete Mang, uh, Manguarian, who's been a long-time NFL coach. Uh, he was the offensive line coach for the Broncos then. And I remember every single one of those linemen. It, it was an incredible experience. Well, I'll tell you what's an incredible experience. We're with former NFL defensive back Corey Chavis on the Talk of Fame Network. And, Corey, you spent last fall providing TV commentary on college games. Just wondering, how many players have you studied for this draft, the 2015 draft, and who's the best one you scouted? 
Uh, well, yeah, definitely did, did some of those games and probably did a, lot, did a lot of SMU games last year, actually. But I would say probably overall this year, over the last couple of years, because it's never really started starts that year. It kind of just kind of transits into the next year. So, like, now I'm writing up the, the next year's seniors already, already write those guys up the year before. But, it, I mean, clearly this year over 700 players I wrote up. Oh. Players that I watched and didn't write, uh, then I, I won't actually consider those players. But the ones that I wrote up were, were that many. And who's the best one you scouted? Leonard Williams from USC is the best one. I think that, you know, he's a different type of athlete to come into the league. I think, you know, people forget he's 300 pounds when you watch him move around and 35-inch arms. I mean, so this is a rare player to come in uh, in terms of what he can do and how he can move up and down the the defensive line. I mean, I went to one game against Fresno State in 2013, the Las Vegas Bowl. He was standing up most of the second half as an outside linebacker, rush linebacker. And I think people, you, know, you delve back into some of the ways in which they used him in prior years, you'd be surprised at some of the things they did with him even before him moving up and down the line this year. And he was hurt that year in 2013. Corey, is either Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota, in your eyes, a franchise quarterback? And if you were the Buccaneers with that first pick, which one would you choose? If I had to choose one, I would choose Mariota. I think both of them can be franchise quarterbacks down the road. But I think in the NFC right now, you've got a different landscape than the AFC. In the AFC, you've got quarterbacks like Zach Mettenberger who could probably have success with the Titans but if you look around that conference you're looking at a Ben Roethlisberger you're looking at a Tom Brady you're looking at a Ryan Tannehill Peyton Manning Phillip Rivers Derek Carr now in Oakland you go to Alex Smith probably the most mobile then the NFC you got a different beast I mean even if you want to say Rodgers is just traditional pocket passer, you know, clearly he's the best quarterback throwing on the move in the league. And then you got Russell Wilson, who's going to back-to-back Super Bowls. Colin Kaepernick went to the Super Bowl, back-to-back NFC Championship game. And then, you know, Cam Newton, back-to-back division titles. So if you're the Buccaneers, you've got to be able to run the ball in that conference. And, and quarterbacks who can run in that conference are the ones winning in the playoffs. In what areas of this draft do you think are particularly strong and other areas that are particularly weak? Uh, well, I think the, the draft is, is particularly strong at uh, defensive tackle and defensive, three, four defensive ends and interior defensive linemen. I don't think you have a lot of the top-tier talent, but you got a lot of depth between rounds three and five if, if you're t- taking them in there. I got I had up to like 30 guys at at least a fifth-round grade out of, out of those two positions. And then another position I think has got depth, obviously, is wide receiver. I think offensive centers and guards both are pretty good this year, dual-threat type guys who can do either or. I think those are the positions that stand out along with running back. And, and then there are a lot of good specialists in the draft this year as well. I think that people will be surprised how many punters this year make teams. We're What's talking the weakness? draft with former defensive back Corey Chavis. And, Ed, Corey, you've got your own draft site, draftnasty.com, so I'm going to ask you this. 20 years from now, which of the players in this draft are we going to be discussing for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? That's a tough one, but if I had to, you know, put money on that one, I, I would stick with the, the guy number one that I said earlier. I'm going to go with Leonard Williams as one guy. I, I think a guy like Brandon Scherf is a guy that could possibly be, depending on where you play him at, just because he's just an excellent football player. Those are the two names that stick out as more surefire guys who have a chance. You know they're going to play early and they're going to get a chance to show what they can do. And I think that's the first uh, kind of prerequisite to, to being in the Hall of Fame is being able to play right away. Kurt, when I spent those two decades working the draft, I always came across one guy 
that I really liked. He may be a second rounder, a fourth rounder, a seventh rounder, but he'd become my favorite player in a draft regardless of the round. Do you have a favorite player in this draft? Yeah, I would say, and I don't even know if this guy will get drafted. I guess my favorite player would be Shaq Mason out of Georgia Tech. I was more excited watching it, but he's not good at pass protection. You know, I think he struggled there at the senior bowl and all that. And he even struggled some on tape, but, you know, when you watch him against oh, I, I like the way he played the last two years against Georgia, but even in those games, you see his biggest weaknesses. But in terms of just what they asked of him, his agility, ran 4 9 four, eight, a little bit bigger than people think, six one five eight, just under six two three ten. He was bigger than what I thought he would measure out at. You talk about on tape, almost playing the, the guard position like a linebacker, you know, I've seen him get up to the third level and block safeties. Uh, and, you know, you can only do what they ask you to do within your collegiate system, and that's what you're asked to evaluate. And for me, he did his job as well as anybody that I saw on, on tape. Yeah, Carl, I thought he was the best player not invited to the Combine. How does the NFL miss on guys like Shaq Mason? Well, you know, I, Phil Savage gave him credit. I don't think he missed on him. I, I was very excited to see Phil Savage from the Senior Bowl. I just think he does a fabulous job. I was excited to see he had him down there, and I think he gave him a chance, and he gave a lot of guys a chance, you know, all the way down to Tom Obarski from Concordia. You know, I mean, he got a chance to show his wares, and he's a – you know, good kicker. Linden was uh, their receiver got a chance to to come down. Dontella Luckett, not Lindenwood, but um, Harding's receiver. He got a chance to go down there, and I thought he did. You know, pretty well. And so he gave some of those guys a chance. But Shaq Mason getting an opportunity was was a joy to see him play in the senior bowl because he had a pretty good week. What's more important to you, the bowl, the college bowl, all star games, or the combine? Uh, the all star games. <laughs> no question about it. By the time the All Star games are done, I'm pretty much kind of completing things. Now you get the the, the combine is kind of like dessert. You know, you just kind of find out a little bit more to maybe add. Uh, some people like dessert, some people don't. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of what the combine is. I think that's how you kind of got to view it. You definitely got to take the information, and in. there's a lot of important information, uh, particularly when it comes to like height, weight, length, width, whatever, however you want to look at it. And then those the broad jump and the vertical jump, they tell you something about whether somebody's an athlete, particularly a bigger guy. I mean, I think that's what makes Danny Shelton 338 pounds jump at 30 and a half inches. That's as impressive as a 190-pound guy jumping 40. So I think you can find out things about players, but usually they should marry up with what you saw on tape. You know, there. You know, you talk about the combine being dessert. How about let's go to the main course? There could be as many as nine running backs selected in the first three rounds. This is a really good draft for running backs. Do you have a favorite in that group? Yeah, well, I mean, I, the, the number one running back to me is, is Melvin Gordon, and that's just because I think he's a running back that get that got better. Extent. I know people question receiving skills, but you know, I just for me, he got a lot better in pass protection. That was what I wanted to see, and he was willing to do it. He improved in it. You know, he can still get a little high sometimes, but he's you know, I think being willing in that category is very important. Maybe even more important than the receiving ability. So he can be on the field on third down. So that's the first way you can stay on the field is to be able to pass protect. That's going to be most important as a running back in the NFL. So I think he did that very well. And I think he's got great feet and subtle vision. Uh, I think there's a lot, like you said, a lot of backs that are pretty good this year that, that are going to get uh, legitimate attention, I believe, in the third round uh, when you start talking about a run on running back. Do you, do you, is there a guy in the middle rounds that you like? Pretty good steel type player? I like David Cobb from Minnesota. I believe that he's, you know, him along with guys like Jerry. Jeremy Lankford, uh, I think Lankford's a change of pace guy. I think Mike Davis is probably from South Carolina a little bit better uh, than advertised. He didn't have a great postseason, but he played really good. He can catch the football out of the backfield. 
And you talk about, you know, being at least willing again in pass protection, he's that. So those are some of those mid-round guys, but David Cobb, uh, he stood out to me. Hey, Corey, we want to thank you for stopping by, and good luck with your mock draft. I tell you what, I want to see where you put Randy Gregory. <laughs> That's what I want to see in any oh, case. No, my mock draft is terrible, man. I had Gregory, like, going to three, so don't look at my mock draft. <laughs> <laughs> we'll no, be if, looking. If you're, looking for, if you're looking for getting it right, don't look at it. But no, I think We'll be watching you. Hey, in any man. case, don't be a stranger, Corey. You're always welcome on the show. Thanks for stopping by. Well, Thanks, Rick Gosselin, I want to make sure you know this is the best that I'm going to always say this. It's 31 of 33 picks. When me and him did the draft together back with the great Norm Hitchcock on 570 KLIF uh, back in 1999, 31 of the first 33 picks he got right. To me, he's always going to be my draft guru. So I just wanted to throw that in there, man. <laughs> That's why he's in our Hall of Fame. No doubt about it. Thanks, Corey. Thanks a lot for having me. Good luck. That was former NFL defensive back Corey Chavis on this year's draft. And speaking of the draft, we're going to go hold our own mock after this. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.